Welcome to the Fourth and Short Podcast. I am your host, the self-proclaimed, and uh, I am I'm just in despair. The depths of despair. Steelers fan Jason Felt, and with me, from an undisclosed location, is the cheesehead of the South, the victorious Mr. Matt Peterson, and a special guest with him, the hemp daddy, Trent Henthill. Uh, guys, go ahead and say hello from wherever you are at. We are currently east of Dallas, uh, driving back. After uh, a great, great game, we went to the, the Cowboys-Packers game. It was a, a great game for some, not for all. But it, it ended up being a great game. Well, you guys traveled out here. Now, this is the how manyth year in a row that you guys have gone to the game together? The, well, it's and whenever they play in Dallas. So they didn't play last year. Whenever they, they play they in played Dallas, the year yes. before that. Yeah, so we went two years ago, and then they didn't play this last year, and then they played this year, so we uh, we came out this way to go ahead and watch it. Came out this way before we even bought tickets. We kind of waited for the ticket prices to fall. Literally bought tickets. On the way to the game. Yeah, like 1230. Drove nine hours out here. That's faith. Yes, believe of faith, you know. <laughs> this is we are seeing faith in action, folks. Faith in action, and uh, how were the seats? I mean, it's Jerry's world, so you could basically touch the big screen, right, from wherever yeah, you're sitting. We actually had a very good vantage point. Uh, I think it was a little, we actually sat in one section lower last time. No, we sat in two sections lower last time. Yeah, it was closer to the field, but these seats were better. I thought they. We, we could actually see everything. It was almost kind of like we were watching TV, but yeah. live. Yeah. It was it was a lot better. Very I'll good. Tell you, I'll tell you Very I'll good. tell you the weirdest thing, though. The weirdest thing was that okay. every single time they kicked off the ball, I mean, both of us, we'd watch the ball go, and maybe it's just from where we were sitting, but it looked like the ball was going to land on the five-yard line. It's like, okay, yeah, they're going to return that. Then, you know, after it landed, it was – Seven yards deep in the end zone. Yeah, seven yards deep in the end zone. So every single kickoff was just weird. I couldn't tell if it was going to be returned or not. Hmm, that's interesting. Now, where were your seats as far as, like, on the field? Were you in the end zone, sidelines? Uh, yeah, so towards the end zone. Um, kind of like catting, like, off the corner of the end zone. Yeah. Like a little. Okay. Like, if we looked straight, we were, like, in line with the goalpost. So that's probably what played a little bit into not being able to see the kickoffs that way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's good. How is how is Jerry's world these days? Uh, I don't know. I think it should be called Aaron's world. Uh, should be, and that's coming from a <laughs> Cowboys fan. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has never lost in Dallas. But true story. But today, I think it was Aaron Jones, not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't really do anything except except yeah. push a ball to the ground and get it overturned. Yeah, he's a little he's a little mad about that. Yeah. You can, you can look right. at it later, Jason. It was a fumble. It was not a fumble. Okay, all right. Well, I, I'll have to check that out. Well, we're just going to jump right into things today because we do want to hear a little bit more about you guys' reaction. This podcast is all about rapid fan reaction from what has happened in the NFL today. And what better way to get it than from two guys that were actually at a game that saw the whole thing that are fans of the two teams that played. And so that's going to be our first and ten today. So let's jump into our first section. Hi. First and 10, 
guys, I just want to kind of hear your thoughts about the game, uh, your thoughts about, as a fan, how your team's played, your thoughts about the atmosphere uh, there with other fans. So I'll let you take it away. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and go first because I think Trent's going to go for a very, very long time. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I am banking on that. Oh, yeah. He's, he's already tweeting. He's firing off some red-hot tweets. So, uh, yeah. So, I guess my reaction, I, I would say that my, my, my reaction is going to be about Dak Prescott. I think that he's had – this is a contract year, right? And he needs to prove himself that he's actually going to be able to do something and he's worth the big contract uh, to get paid. And the first couple games he, they started, you know, he played some garbage teams. And he did really well. Uh, in two weeks in a row now, he's played some better teams, and he's not looked as good. He threw he threw three picks. Uh, he threw three picks today. Uh, the first one was not his fault. The next two were, and then he should have had another one. Should have had two more. Yeah, he should have had about two more. So, um, that yeah, he he needs to play better. If he wants to get paid, Dak Prescott needs to play better. Um, and then going to be worth whatever contract he's going to ask for? Absolutely. Uh, I think his contract <laughs> is going to come down. I think that he, he may play himself out of a good contract. I think he'll – I think that it's going to be very telling this year that he is a kind of upper end of the middle pack quarterback, and that may be all they need, and I think they'll pay him as such. They're not going to pay him what he wants, what he was asking for this offseason. I was going to say, he's, at this point – I mean, unless he changes some things, he can't be asking to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. Oh, no, no. Which is, no. I think that's that's going to be what he's going to want, or at least it was what he was going to want as the season started. Yeah. So you remember how last week I was kind of ranting a little bit about the Packers defense? Uh, yeah. It's, it's still the same thing, except this time we got shredded through the air. We held Zeke in check. They didn't really try and run the ball much. Um, but we got shredded through the air. Just Amari Cooper went off. There was a lot of injuries, though, uh, but the, the Packers' defense needs to kind of figure out. And the difference, we're sitting at 4-1 and one right now, but after watching the game today, I never felt confident that we were going to win. Now, two years ago, when uh, Rodgers was there, uh, and he went down and scored that last-second touchdown with Adams, I was confident the whole time we were going to win. But none of the games this year have I felt super good about I don't know. It's just the fact that we're not as explosive. And I got used to that feeling of control and explosiveness that the Packers offense used to have. But I just don't, I don't quite feel that way anymore. And I think it's just, it's a, it's a transition into this new LaFleur offense. I was just going to say, how much we'll do you see, think I guess. No, I'd say we'll see. How much do you think it's LaFleur and Rodgers not being on the same page? Tough to say. It's tough to say. I, 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 Aaron, Rod, Aaron Rodgers, to me, does not look like the Aaron Rodgers of old. And this has been the case all season long. Now, obviously, they're 4-1. and one. Their defense has won it for him. Um, he looked good last week-ish against the Eagles. Um, he does not look like the Aaron Rodgers of old. Do you think, yeah. do you think, he's, still, do you think he's still carrying over some of the effects of the injury? No, I don't think so. I, I don't perfectly think healthy. So. I think he's perfectly healthy. Well, something I think is that, not right. Now, granted, y'all are winning, so it, 
it's tough to complain about that. That's just it. I think everything's going to be okay in Green Bay until we start losing. Once we start losing, and if the times get tough, I want to see how the offense and the people and the coaches handle it. That's going to be the telling factor when we start losing, you know, two or three games in a row, if that happens. Winning solves a lot of problems. This so is true. I'll, I, and... I'll, I'll turn it I'll turn it over to Trent a little bit. He's uh he's got some stuff he's got the chest. Okay, so we're on. I'm a guest, so hot takes, right? Go ahead, so fire him off. Is, you right. better wrap your reaction. Hit it. <laughs> Number fifty-five. It's your first, your first, your first appearance. Go for it. Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith from the Packers. If you ever listen to this podcast, I know what you did. All right. <laughs> Every time the Cowboys had a big play, number 55 over there laying, <laughs> over there laying on his back. Oh, I'm oh, hurt. You know he's listening Get, tomorrow morning. <laughs> gets up, walks off the field on his own power, comes back on two plays later. Tell me that's not faking. That's all I have to say about him. Anyways, so number 55, I know what you did. All right. Um, and hot take. <laughs> Holy crap. Welcome back to the offense, Michael Gallup. I cannot tell you all offseason I've been preaching sure. that Mike, that Michael Gallup was going to have a breakout year. He actually was top five in the league before he tore his meniscus in receiving yards. Uh, right. All game, the whole first half, I told Matt, we have to get Gallup involved. We have to get Gallup involved. And then second half, Michael Gallup blows up, and that opens the door even more for Amari Cooper. Well, it was the Amari Cooper show all game. It, it was, but Gallup – he he had a good game, 113 yards off six catches and a touchdown, a man touchdown on Draymond, Draymond Williams, yeah. Draymond Williams who, was. who is a veteran, and Gallup made a big boy move on him. So it, my hat's off to Michael Gallup. One more hot take on this game for me, though. Cameron Fleming, wow, left backup, left tackle, backup. Used to be a starter in the league for the Patriots, if, if you don't remember him. But, Wow. The left side of the line, I was not worried about all night after the first drive because Cam Fleming held it down. Uh, Collins looked okay, but got hurt. I'm pretty. I think Adam Redman came in for him, uh, played okay. Um, Dak, though, man, get out of your own head. Um, that's all I have to say. Oh, that's not all you have to say. Tell them about your your kicker boy. Oh, oh, golly, <laughs> thank you. I, I went on. I was so highly praising Gallup that I completely forgot. We are going to start, Cowboys Nation out there, we are going to start the hashtag Fire Brett Maher campaign now. Literally the first thing he does as soon as we get to the car, he goes, I'm going to start on Twitter on my phone, and I'm going to tweet hashtag Fire Brett Maher, or whatever his name is. It wasn't that drastic. It was that drastic. It was a little close. <laughs> Brett Maher missed. Hey, okay. hey look, look, I am ready. Oh, go ahead. I, he he missed a 54-yarder, which that's that's not an easy kick. I get it. Like I I get it. But dude, you made a 63-yarder in the same building last year, or 62, excuse me. So no excuse. Like no no excuse. And then the so when we actually have a chance, it's 34-24. We drive down the field. Our, our we stall, but we're like, let's bring on Brett Maher. He drills the first one, but a false start. False start, yep. Backs it up five yards. I mean, come on, people, five more yards. He gives him a 
33-yard field goal. Jason, what is a 33-yard field goal? An extra point. Yes. It's a PAT. This dude missed a 33-yard field goal. PAT. Oh, this is this is Jason's favorite topic. He loves to rant oh, about kickers. I have one job. I, 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 look, look, look. You are speaking my language. You are speaking oh my, my language. I cannot take it anymore with the field goal kickers in this league. Make a stinging field goal. That's what you get paid to do. Make a field goal. Hit the PATs. I, I, look, look. I'm glad we brought this up because I was gonna wait and get on this later. But I, I am just absolutely today, today only. There were six missed field goals and five missed PATs in the games leading up to Sunday night. Well, Are you kidding me? Well, I can tell you this. I don't know if Brett Maher has Are ever Are you had, kidding me? Oh, I don't know if he's ever had a moment in his career where it's like, dude, you have to make this. Like, you have to. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, Brett Maher, he's going to make this. We have a chance to get the onside kick. Um, there was this real quick though. There was a drunk Packers fan behind us. Yeah, this he dude was. had to be some kind of idiot because when Brett Maher lined up for that that thirty three yard field goal, he said, "All right, Packers, pick six. We <laughs> gotta did. have a pick six. And I I was like, "Dude, they're kicking a field goal." <laughs> Man, oh, my my goodness, my my ranting and my 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 heart hurts because the Cowboys look like garbage in the first half but they made a valiant effort to come back they did they Dak finally had you know played like a human being he did. I was gonna say Matt you must have been sweating a little bit yeah it was I didn't I didn't ever truly think that they were going to win because there just wasn't enough time but it was really starting to to bother me it to the point of thinking okay man they might just really make this close yeah, I was sweating at the end. Yeah, I was sweating a bit at the end. But yeah, good, good, sure. good note. Dak Prescott finished four hundred forty or four hundred sixty-four. He yards. had to finish he with did, that much but in order to career, make it anything. That's a career high for him. Amari Cooper, two hundred twenty-six receiving yards. Career high for him. Also became the first Cowboy receiver to ever have multiple 200-yard games, which is surprising considering our deep history of receivers. Cowboys defense looked like garbage against the run, and they could not contain Aaron Jones around the edge. That's true. So I was going to say, Aaron Jones didn't have that many yards at least through three uh, quarters. He ended up with 100. I want to say 100. No, he did, but but at at one point he only had like 40 or 50 yards, and he had four touchdowns, I think, at that point. Yeah. So they were – seems like they were only giving him the ball within the 10-yard line. Well, I think he also had but like six or seven receptions. Yeah. Yeah, he did. No, Aaron Jones is a stud. But, I mean, we've been saying that for a while. So, All right. Well, that does it for our first segment. Thank you guys for that. Always look forward to hearing from people at, actually at games. That's the best fan reaction. It is hot takes at its highest. Oh, it's hot so, takes city uh, without, after a live game. <laughs> it's it's react it's it's overreaction to the nth degree. Oh, one more and, uh, NFL. That's what we're all about NFL officiating. Absolutely oh. terrible this year. <laughs> Just saying. Hashtag fire Brett Maher. Yeah, <laughs> Cowboys Nation. 
Do it with me. Hashtag fire Brett Maher. It's trending. It's trending already. Trending. It, we're, it, we're just setting the world actually, on fire it, with this podcast. It actually is trending on Twitter right now. Well, there you go. See, you heard it here first. All right. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and get ready to jump into our next segment and talk about all these games that happened today. Hi. Second and long, our reaction for all of the games today. We, of course, just heard about the Dallas and Green Bay game, so we won't take time to go over that one again, but we do want to get through all of the games uh, that took place today and, of course, the game on Thursday, the Sunday night game currently at the half. Indianapolis leading Kansas City 13-10 to and uh, Kansas City being held in check. Patrick Mahomes being held in check by Indianapolis defense, so we'll keep you updated on that as we go. But let's go ahead and jump you know right into this. And Go ahead. You know what's funny about the, the him being held in check right now? Detroit also held him in check last week. I don't know if maybe I, he's going maybe. through a phase, if they're figuring something out about the Andy Reid offense, but this is the second week in a row he's been held in check. I, I will be interested to see what happens when Tyreek Hill comes back. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, we know that we know that Mahomes and Hill have that connection. And so let's see what happens. Plus, they've been dealing with running back injuries. I mean, they still have been putting up yards and points. Um, so let's see what happens when they come out in the second half. But it is interesting going forward to see. I mean, obviously, we've all got circle when they're playing New England because we're going to find out exactly what they're really made of at that point. Yes. But, uh, yes, but it is interesting to see. So we look forward to that game. All right, first game, Thursday night game, a great game on Thursday night. I think we may have said this at the beginning a few episodes ago of just about Thursday nights and not being great games. We've had some great Thursday night games so far this year. Yeah. And this past week, the Rams and the Seahawks, Seattle winning 30-29. to battle for first and that is an incredibly competitive division between the rams the seahawks obviously we know the cardinals aren't doing anything uh but with the 49ers being undefeated certainly still to play tomorrow night against cleveland so um ram 49ers hashtag fool's gold i'm saying it now oh i'm with you i'm with you on that uh, completely but they here's the thing i think we talked about it um as when we talked about our overachievers and they were one of them they they might be seven and two going halfway into the season just because they and don't that, play anybody. That's crazy, totally crazy. It's ridiculous. I mean, they, they could they could very well be leading that division. Um, so we'll see what happens there. The Rams have a chance to win this one in the end. I am not going to rant. I did this earlier. I'm I'm only allowed one rant about kickers per week. Right? I can't yes. do that twice. Just one, or can I? One only. Have a chance to win, miss a short field goal, 40 something yarder, not at all. For Greg Zerline, not at all hard kick. Uh, but on the Seattle Greg side Zerline of the ball. Very good. I don't understand I Greg know, Zerline at all. People missing that. Oh, I know. I'm telling you, it, kickers in the NFL are, they're all smoking something to read, or they're, they're all getting together and just making us want to hate them. Um, but Maybe. for Seattle, it is. Danger Russ. I mean, the man yeah. is on fire this year. He four touchdowns to four different receivers. Seattle had it going on all facets of the game. The passing game, obviously, with with uh, Wilson, Chris Carson, twenty seven for one hundred and eighteen on the on the ground. Um, Seattle looks really good. 
Now, their defense is not what it used to be. The Legion no. of Boom it, is no longer existent. Yeah. But, uh, man, Seattle looks really good. I look forward to when they play the 49ers. Whenever, I don't have that in front of me as far as when they do that, but that's going to be a really good game to see if that's going to be the litmus test to find if when we find out if Seattle or if San Francisco is for real. For the Rams, Jared Goff throwing again, uh, 49 attempts for 395. He did this last week against Tampa Bay and now again against Seattle, but he only threw one touchdown. Um, so Jared Goff, I mean, most of his, if you're, if you own Cooper cup in fantasy, you're very happy right now because he seems to have eyes only for Cooper cup, nine targets for 117 and a touchdown. Um, and, and let's give a shout out you as a master's degree alum and now going back for your, uh, doctorate degree, USA University of South Alabama alum. Yeah. Seven catches for 136 yards. Go Jags. The man's hometown uh, love. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he looked great. Now, I, I think that uh, that's not necessarily going to be, you know, par for the course for him, but good for him. Taking advantage of uh, the Seahawks kind of targeting these wide receivers. They they took, uh, obviously, Brandon Cooks get injured in this game. Um, they took Woods out. Their other tight end, Higby, kind of got taken out. Now, I think if you're a Todd Gurley fan, you're you're not necessarily happy with the production. Now, granted, he had two touchdowns, but he was like the only running back used in this game for the Rams. So you don't have to worry about Malcolm Brown coming in and stealing, um, no, you don't. stealing, no. stealing carries. I ha- I have to ask you this though, because now after this game, all right, obviously San Francisco is leading the division um, at three and zero. They're undefeated, which I mean that means nothing at this point really um but now seattle is four and one and the rams are only three and two now that's only a game out depending on what happens tomorrow night with san francisco it it, is anyone's division it is still anyone's division i agree but did the did the rams seriously lose the chance at winning that division already no no okay because so Seattle, you know, Seattle is playing their games close. Everything is close with them right this now. Is very true. And, games, and honestly, it, he hits that way. This is we're yeah, having a different conversation right now. Yeah, we are. Uh, Seattle is winning games close. These games could go either way. Uh, eventually, Russell Wilson's going to run out of magic. They have a bad game. Something like that's going to happen. They'll start losing some games here and there. Um, I think that the one against they. In spite of what I think about the 49ers, I think that it's going to be another close game. They'll come down to a last-second field goal uh, one way or the other. So, Seattle's going to lose some games. The Rams are still very much in contention. It's going to come down probably to the last two games of the season uh, to see who takes that division. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. Okay, then a follow-up question. Because the Rams have now lost two in a row – where Jared Goff has, as Look far bad. as his attempts, well, he hasn't necessarily looked bad, but as far as like needing to throw the ball, his attempts. So he attempt, he had 49 attempts in this game. He had 60-some last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Canned, and, and I mean, they're running Gurley, obviously, to a degree, but he's not yeah. running 
that much. I mean, he only had 15 attempts in this game. Now they're getting him involved in the receiving game too. But can the Rams win without running through Gurley? Gurley has not looked the same since he had that injury. With no, that, I agree. Uh, but they're not, they're not even giving him the chance, though. I think McVay has realized how much he depended on Gurley, and he's trying to game plan away from that dependency because he knows as soon as it goes away, what happens in the Super Bowl last year happens all over again. So I think he's worried about the dependence on Gurley, so he tries to stay away from him. And I'm actually going to draw a parallel to what the Packers are doing with, uh, with Rodgers right now is we're game planning away from a dependency on him. So we keep getting the run game more involved. We keep getting all these check down passes involved so that it becomes more of a quarterback plug and play instead of a total dependence on Aaron Rodgers' magic. I think that they're trying to get away from that Todd Gurley magic and they're trying to uh, become a more well-rounded team. Yeah. Well, and, and obviously it hasn't worked to just rely on Goff. And I think the problem is maybe it's their defense. Now they lost Clay Matthews with a, a broken jaw this week. Wow. Um, or last oh, week, excuse me. That was me, not and, surprising. And he that was not, surprising. not surprised well, at all. Uh, yeah. Don't come back fan. I think he actually got, he got actually flagged for breaking his own. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but they're getting down. And maybe it's because they can't run Gurley because they're down and, and Goff has just got to throw, throw, throw. But it just doesn't seem to be working the last two weeks. Um, so I, I think for the Rams, they've got to definitely figure out something going forward. Uh, next game, New England 33, Washington 7. Now, the score, again, the final score, what, not surprising. What was the halftime, what was the halftime score? Uh, I believe it was – hold on, I'll, I'll pull it up here. I do know this. New England faced its first deficit of the season. It was yeah. 7 nothing Washington. Um, now, as we can tell, yeah. it didn't stay that way. Uh, yeah. But uh, hold on, let me pull it up here. Uh, 33-7. Uh, it was twelve, only 12-7 at, uh, at the half. And so uh, New England getting some, some late scores. Uh, but again – or missed PATs. Don't get me started. Um, but in this game, we can't say I have nothing really to say about the Redskins. There's nothing to react about. Now, I will say that this, they started Colt McCoy over Dwayne Haskins. whoop de doo I think that's probably a good move. I said last week that it was good that Haskins came in and got some experience, but at the same time, he was going to get demoralized in this game if they'd have played him against the Patriots. And yeah, he would have. They, they might have ruined their chance of having him be their starting quarterback. But, I mean, Patriots' defense still looks good. They, the only touchdown they gave up, it was the only carry that I believe he is a wide receiver. It was on an end around to see if you could recognize this name because I didn't know who it was, Stephen Sims. No idea. One carry, 65 yards, took it to the house for a touchdown, a couple broken tackles. That was the. Uh, without that, they shut out the Redskins. Um, there is nothing worth talking about on the Redskins. They couldn't get it done on the ground. Certainly with Colt McCoy, they weren't getting it done in the air. Okay. Man, the, the Dolphins might get a run for their money. Yeah. As far as 
who's going to be the worst team in the NFL? Because there are some bad teams right now between Washington. When, we'll get to the Jets here in a little bit. When do they play each other? The Redskins and Dolphins play each other at some point. Uh, I don't know. At the, I was going to ask this later, but I might as well ask it now because if the Dolphins and Redskins play, it's the same question I can ask if the Jets when the Jets and Dolphins play. Does anybody win? And I'm not talking no. about the game because somebody somebody will win that game. But we don't win. Will, yeah. Anyone watching will not win. That is to you automatically just... take an L if you uh, <laughs> if you watch that you must, game. If you are a fan of either one of those teams and you watch that game. You, I don't even know if I could say you have my respect because I mean, no. respect yourself enough not to watch that because it's just not yeah. going to be good. Uh, for the Patriots, uh, they the keep on rolling. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. You hate yourself. You hate yourself. You hate your life. Tom Brady, uh, three more touchdowns, 348 yards. Now they, they got it going on the ground. Sony Michelle's kind of been um, meh through the start of this year, but they got it going on the ground with him. So that was good. Um, I mean, at this point, and we've already talked about until they play the Chiefs, I don't know who's going to challenge the Patriots. Nobody. You? Not from the AFC. The Bills did a little bit. A little bit. I mean, they're going to have to play a good defense. They're either going to have to play a good defense like the Bills uh, or they're yeah. going to have to play somebody like the Chiefs that can score with them. But their defense yeah. is so good. I, as we talked about earlier in reference with the Chiefs getting held in check by good defenses, is that even possible? Hello. I mean, I know the Patriots are still five and zero, and I'm not giving them an undefeated season by any means. But how can you not expect them to win? Ugh, I hate to say it, number seven. I don't want to think about it, but. I, in football, again, we talked last week about how there's no parity in football this year except for the Patriots. The Patriots are doing it, yeah. and they're doing it week in and week out. Yep. And uh, so if you're a Patriots fan, you got to feel real good about, about what's going on. Baltimore, 26, Pittsburgh, 23 in overtime. Uh, I need it's comfort. Just, man. I need comfort right now. Baltimore, what are you guys doing to me? You guys are supposed to be my my team this year. I don't know what they're wait, doing. Wait, 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 wait. We'll get to Baltimore. Get, don't. We're not worried about Baltimore. They won, all right? I want some comfort. I want some comfort here. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is... Yeah. This, this was... Don't, don't just you just be so happy because, oh, I'm a Packers fan. We beat the Cowboys today. Whoop-de-doo. I want some... This is about me right now, all right? Oh, I'm sorry. I was... Cr- I was crying into my terrible towel earlier today. Mason yeah. Rudolph about got murdered on the field. Yeah. And 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 now as he gets carted off, so did our season's hopes. Because going into today, we talked about this last week, if they'd have won today, they depending on what would have happened tomorrow night with the Browns and the 49ers could have been at the very least still only a game out maybe even tied for the the division lead. Now everybody would have been two and three. But and and in this game, we did what we needed to do. The defense contained Lamar Jackson. He did not have a good game. Nope. Mason Rudolph, although he did not 
again, he didn't throw the ball down the field, but he didn't look bad. Um, he, he was still doing what he needed to do. He was not losing the game for them. And, and again, the defense just looked great. But uh, he goes out. Mason Rudolph goes out, I believe, in the third quarter with a concussion. And a quarterback who we signed off the practice squad a few weeks ago when Roethlisberger comes out, Devlin Hodges, comes in and uh, takes over. Looks serviceable. Uh, he doesn't look bad. Again, I, I don't think the the – the plan for the game, the game plan changed that much from Mason Rudolph to, to Devin Hodges. Um, and, and we still had the lead, but the problem was we asked our defense to just do a little too much. Um, they get the ball. Ravens get the ball to start overtime, three and out. They force a punt. That's great. We're going to go down and score. We start moving the ball up the field, pass to Juju, and he fumbles. Come on, Juju. You're killing me, man. You cannot be the number one wide receiver on this team with all of the other issues that we've got going on. You cannot fumble the ball. You can't. I can. I would expect that out of Deontay Thompson. I could take it from James Washington. Anybody else? Not Juju. Juju fumbles in overtime, and at that point they were already in field goal range. the The defense stopped them, but. It didn't matter. Justin Tucker was gonna. He's he's one of the only kickers that can actually hit a kick this year. Of course, hey, your only your only option right now is to do like Trent and to start a hashtag campaign. How about DF three? Don't fumble the freaking football. <laughs> well, I, Juju's my guy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. But man, that that just really hurt. It really hurt. Um. And and our defense has been has answered the call. Um, they have stepped up. Looked nasty on Monday night against Cincinnati. Looked good again today against Lamar Jackson. Um, I think we forced three interceptions against Lamar Jackson. Uh, so he's turning into a passing pumpkin again. But the offense cannot make mistakes. That's the thing. That offense, the way it is designed with Mason Rudolph going through those short dump-off passes, it can't make mistakes, and he didn't. It wasn't his fault, and obviously wasn't even on the field, and it wasn't Hodges either. They just can't make mistakes. Turnovers, that's that's the killer. Um, what kills Cowboys today? I, I, it's true. You're right. And it's it's that's the truth for any team. Now, again – as 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 hard as it is to talk about a loss, I will say Baltimore is proving themselves to be the shell of what we thought they were. Their defense, I think, is a shell of what I thought they were. I don't know. We'll see. And, Harbaugh's and, a good I mean, coach. Harbaugh's a good coach. Weak division, good coach. No. I still think they'll take it. Nope, nope, nope. We are, we, oh, they are proving that they are they are, the, they are the old, broken-down wizard hey. behind the whoa, curtain. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who's going to take it? The Browns? I don't know. Who's it's just going to be – it's it's going to be the victor by attrition at this point. Yeah. Because guess what? nobody wants it, apparently. And it might I be think, the Browns. No. Too much drama. Too much drama. Well, they're putting – 
Hey, well, let's just see how they look. I will night. take. We'll see. I will take the veteran coach. No, I will take the veteran coach every single time. Give me Harbaugh over a first year or one and a half year Freddie Kitchens. Mm, I don't know. I don't like what's going on in Baltimore. I don't like it. It stinks. Buffalo and Tennessee, a defensive slug match. Buffalo yeah. wins 14-7 in Nashville. Um, and, I mean, we didn't expect Josh Allen to play. He did come in and play. He played really well. Sustained a, cut, a concussion in last week's game. Um, he comes in, um, throws for two touchdowns, um, does enough. Obviously, those are two really good defenses. And so the Bills, 4-1 four, four and one right now. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this. With especially with the upheaval in the NFC North, because we 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 expected possibly one wild card to come out of there. Yeah. Um, do the Bills have a chance? They're four and one, so they're in in line for one of them. Do they have a chance to win a wild card this year? I think that they definitely have a good chance because they get automatic wins against the uh, other two crappy teams in their division. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Get automatic wins there, and at the end of the day, defense wins championships. So I think the defense is going to keep them in games, and as long as Josh Allen can do just enough to win, to put some points on the board, they're going to win games. So I think they have a legitimate shot at the wild card. Yeah, it'll be uh, – I'm excited to see how they continue to develop against – some of the, the the tougher teams, obviously the Patriots, they kept they kept it close. Um, they they, you know, had a ch- had a chance to win that game in the end. Now, yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna okay. They're playing the Dolphins next week. They're gonna be five and one. Um, let me ask you this: They play the Eagles at home. They'll lose that. I mean, that's a toss-up to me. That's a toss-up. The Eagles' defenses look good, so maybe, especially if Josh Allen is still battling um, the the after effects after effects of of his concussion. They play the Redskins next. After Wait. that, Wait. <laughs> they play the Browns. After that, toss-up. Awesome. Then they play the Dol. They play the Dolphins again. Yeah. The Broncos. Now, the last bit of their season, they've got the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Patriots. So, that's a little bit of a, a tougher tougher stretch there. But they finish against the Jets, so they get a, they get a, a bye week to end the season. But, yeah, a lot, uh, could, lot, could, lot could depend on that last uh, game there. Yeah. But honestly, I mean, we could be looking at a Buffalo Bills team that's 10-6 and six or 11-5. and five. Yes. Good. No, granted, I'm, I'm granted that's team. still the way the Patriots are playing. That's still way in second place in that division. But that's yep. definitely good enough to compete for a wild card. It is. So that'll be. I'd be, be I would be very happy to see the Bills in the playoffs this year. I'd well, I would too. It'd be fun. I would too. Absolutely. Um, they're they're definitely a wild card team. No one's talking about. They're sneaky good. I think Josh Allen, if he's healthy. Uh, and and is better in the decision making uh, uh, category. 
uh, then uh, they definitely have what it takes on offense, especially if they get Singletary healthy and get him going again. I have nothing to say about Tennessee because we have no idea which, which Tennessee is coming. This is the bad Tennessee, the Tennessee that can't throw the ball, that can't run the ball. The only thing they can do well is play defense, and uh, that still wasn't enough. Jets play the Eagles. Jets 0-10 versus the Eagles all-time. And after this week, it is now 0-11, still winless. Eagles win 31-6. Without Darnold, I don't think the Jets have a chance. And honestly, with him, I don't even think that they're that good. I don't think he's just got more experience than Luke Falk. Philadelphia contained Le'Veon Bell. And after they did that, they weren't going to get beaten by Luke Falk. Um, Again, the Jets and Dolphins, the Redskins... Um, they're all competing for that top that top uh, draft pick. So we'll see what what, uh, what happens there. Now this is a defensive game on both sides of the ball. I know the the score doesn't say that twenty five point win for Philly. Philly didn't really have that much offense. Um, the Jets defense is pretty decent. Uh, Philly had two defensive scores, so that helped. And I think that. For Philadelphia, if their defense is playing well, then that is a great sign. Because yeah. when their offense has days like it did today where Carson Wentz has 189 yards, they only have 200, 265 total yards for the Eagles. That's atrocious. That is not an offense that is built for 265. That's terrible. You don't win or compete in the NFC East with that. So 265 yep. yards, but they hold the Jets to 128 yards of total offense. So that is their saving grace. Chicago and Oakland homecoming for Khalil Mack, uh, kinda, over in London. Across the pond with a spot of tea in London town, Oakland would, wins 24 to 21. Uh, I would say top of the morning to you, but uh, it was definitely not top of the morning when this game started our time. I was fully expecting the, the, this to be going on at 9 a.m., but it was not. It's the only game that's happening at <laughs> was noon our time. Yeah, same time as all the other games. They uh, decided to get this one in a little bit later in London, and uh, I'm sure they had to not interrupt tea time uh, for all those that were going to watch it in the local area. Uh, I, I saw this. I don't know if you saw this, but speaking of Khalil Mack, before the game, they asked him, of course, this is, you know, the whole revenge game narrative. It's his first game playing the Raiders since he got traded to Chicago. And they asked him before the game, um, you know, what, what's your whole thoughts? And he said, of course, I'm looking forward to this game. Been waiting for it. Uh, can't wait to play in it. And uh, before it, I said, man, I can't wait to see because we know how – Khalil Mack plays in games that apparently he doesn't look forward to or doesn't want to play in. So I was looking forward to seeing how he played in a game that he actually couldn't wait to play in. Apparently, that's not the secret for successful Khalil Mack, or at least the Raiders were expecting what he was going to bring to the table because they shut him down three tackles, and that was it. So Khalil Mack, not a factor in this game. The Raiders are able to silence Chase Daniel, Mitch Trubisky out um, after suffering an injury last week, and Chase Daniel just couldn't get it done. The Bears didn't have anything going on offense. Um, Allen Robinson catches 97 yards, two touchdowns. He seems to be Chase's, Chase Daniel's favorite target right now. Um, 
but uh, not much to speak of with the Bears. And now uh, that, I mean, obviously the Packers are on top of the NFC North um, with the Lions right behind them. But the Bears and Vikings, they got to be a little nervous, um, especially yeah. the Bears. Especially the, the Bears. Bears. Bears are the worst team in this division. Which is shocking. Yeah. Shocking. And I, it's all got to point. Matt Nagy, he is supposed to be the offensive guy. He's got to yeah. figure something out on the offensive side of the ball, especially now. And we don't yeah. know how long Trubisky's going to be out, um, but he's got to do something better. And I think the biggest thing was they could not run the ball at all against Oakland. They couldn't. The Bears, um, but David Montgomery. On, wait, though. The Bears haven't been able to run the ball at all this season. I mean, look back. This is true. Look back at the games they played. Montgomery's not getting it done. Tyreek Cohen's not getting it done. Nobody's getting it done on the ground for the Bears. The Bears got to be really yeah. nervous about that because if they can't run the ball, no team is going to expect Trubisky to beat them. No, absolutely not. And certainly not Chase Daniels. No. So Bears, you, you got to get you got to get something going on the ground if you have any chance to win. Minnesota and the Giants in the Meadowlands. Minnesota wins 28-10. to And coming into this week, again, you're familiar, NFC North team, lots of distractions in Minnesota. Lots of talk all over the place. Feeling last week with the comments after the game, after they lost. Diggs with, you know, the speculation of trades and there's truth to all rumors. They, so let me get. I'm not going to say they put it to rest, but Cousins at least gave a little bit of grease to the squeaky wheels today. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Stephon Diggs didn't even practice this week because he had a cold. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, come on now. If you got a cold, you don't want to do much. Cut, it's I mean, cut a the hands cold. You have it's a Minnesota. It's cold up there. You have a sore throat. Get your butt out there and play. I think he just wants a well practice. I think he just doesn't want to be there anymore. Well, I agree with that. Which, I mean, if Mike Zimmer doesn't want you, you're not there. I mean, he didn't want Case Keenum. He's gone. He didn't want his old OC. He's gone. So maybe it's going to get to the point where he just doesn't want Stephon Diggs and he goes somewhere. Which, I mean, if that's the case and they trade him, good for Stephon Diggs if he goes to an offense that could use him. I mean, he's a he's too good of a talent to be sitting there and doing what he's doing in Minnesota very, at this point. Very true. There's there is too much there, and I mean, Cousins had three hundred six and two, but one hundred thirty of that and both of those touchdowns went to Thielen, who is clearly and still the number one. Um, yeah. I will say it is cooking in Minnesota again, or in this case, New York. One hundred thirty-two yards for Dalvin Cook. Um, but here's where, here's where, because I know he's your guy. The Vikings D made Danny Dimes look like a rookie. Um, yeah. He didn't look, com- he did not look comfortable. Um, he didn't look like he could make the right decisions, the right reads. Part of this, part of well, this was because he lost his running back. Wayne Gallman goes out, so they had no running game. Um, but. Uh, his throws didn't look sharp. I mean, he threw 38 times, uh, but only for 182 yards. 
So that seems to be the trend with with first time quarterbacks this year, where their coaches are game planning for them, and it's I don't want to say it's too safe because if you win the game or if you don't really make a mistake, then how can you th- say it was bad? But you're not giving your team much of a chance to win. So I think uh, I think Daniel Jones is going to be fine. The Vikings defense is good. But now, uh, with no run game, there wasn't much Danny, to do. Danny, yeah, so Danny Dimes goes, or has his running back go out, also has Sterling Shepard go out. He's just running out of weapons to do something with. This is not an ideal situation for him at all. No. Now, here, did you see Saquon Barkley is ridiculous? Because he gets a high ankle sprain. He's supposed to be out for 48 weeks, and he's already practicing. Well, he even said he even said that he could possibly have played this week. Now, I don't obviously this I don't believe there's any truth to that. I don't um, there was no way they were going to put it put him on the field, especially against Minnesota. But I think he's definitely going to be back a whole lot earlier than, you know, eight weeks. Uh, Tampa Bay and New Orleans battle for first place in the ultra competitive NFC South. New Orleans wins. 31 to 24 that that's got to be one of the best divisions in football right now between those two teams and Carolina. Uh, we'll get to wait, 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 Atlanta wait, wait, are you, are you serious? You're not kidding around? No, I'm kind of being serious. I mean, it's Atlanta's, definitely tough for Atlanta's trash. Tampa Bay. Yeah. I don't think is as good as the record shows. Well, what is the well? Hold on. What is the record? Is it is it three and two now? That's actually two and three. So maybe you're right. Maybe maybe three. I'm overreacting to what I've seen the last couple of weeks. I think so too. I think that, uh, I think that Chris McCaffrey's great, and I think he's carried it a little bit. But uh, that's pretty much it. Well, I'll tell you this. I think the Saints' defense is still legit. Obviously, we saw what they did to Dallas last week, and they. Let up 24 points, but a lot of that was late um, to uh, Tampa Bay. Um, so it's, you know, the Saints, the Saints are doing enough that they're going to be fine without Drew Brees for four to yes, six weeks are. or however long he's going to be out. He was already um, throwing a little bit with no, the small no. football. Yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know what the Saints are going to do once Breeze retires, and that time is coming sooner rather than later. I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the guy, uh, but he definitely made a case today that he could be four touchdowns. Tampa Bay's defense has been decent. I'm not going to say they've been great. They gave up 40 points last week to the Rams. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater, and that was really without a run game. Uh, that was one thing that Tampa Bay did take away was the run game. So the Saints... Looking great. Michael Thomas, 182 yards, which Michael Thomas is just a beast. I mean, um, he's fantastic. So um, I think the Saints clearly, even without Drew Brees, after what we've seen from Dallas the last two weeks, beating Dallas last week, the inconsistencies and lack of explosiveness from Green Bay – 
the close calls that Seattle has had, the losses that the Rams have taken, not being able to get around. The Saints are the best team in the NFC. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. But no, they've I, got I think you're exactly right. I'll, I'll decrown, you know, especially after this week, you have to. I mean, you got to decrown the Dallas Cowboys. you got to give it to the Saints. Saints are the best team in the NFC. And then I think it's the number two spot. I think it's totally up for grabs after that. I, I'm totally in agreement. I mean, you can go anywhere. Everybody else has a question mark next to them. Yes. We don't know how legit the Lions are. We no, but you don't watch know. Them. Watch them. I agree. I agree. I agree. We're we're a little concerned with the inconsistencies on offense for Green Bay. Yes, and on uh, defense. Dallas. Yeah, Dallas can't play a good team apparently and win. Yeah. Um, Seattle, they got us. They got to win a game convincingly before we can crown them. Yeah, the Rams, you know, same thing. So, Saints have got to be top. So, so until until it's proven otherwise, and honestly, I don't see how they go backwards even when they get Breeze back. So, um, I think whoever plays to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC is going to have to go to the Super Bowl, is going to have to go through the Superdome to get there, and that is not an easy task. No, Atlanta not. and Houston. Atlanta and Houston. Uh, on paper, before this year, this is a great matchup. Yes, it is. You know, going into this week, if you were to circle two or three games each week that look great, this would have definitely been one of them. And this was still a great game. Well, wasn't it all garbage time? Hold on. Wasn't it all garbage time, though, for the Falcons? It was. It was. It was. 53-32 is the final score. Houston wins. It was close for a half. Um, I think it was within uh, just a few points at halftime. But then Atlanta forgot to come out of the locker room in the third quarter, apparently. Uh, because I don't know I don't know if somebody forgot to tell them that uh, you guys still have football to play. But they yeah. just came out and could not do a thing. Um, and you know, we said it before, Atlanta's got to be done. Dan Quinn's got to be out. Honestly, I said it last week. It's time to move on. It's time to move on because this is just ridiculous. Um, because it's both sides of the ball now. Um, Matt, it seems like everybody hates Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, to me, it, it seems to me. That he is trying to do all that he can. I mean, this game, 330 yards, three touchdowns, and then an interception on the last drive. That was, eh, it may have been a little overthrown, but it certainly wasn't without the possibility to at least get knocked down, tipped. But Austin Hooper didn't even seem like he tried for the ball. I don't know if he didn't see it but it went right over his head and into the arms of a Houston defender. Atlanta can't run the ball worth a darn. And that has gotta, that's got to be one of the main reasons. And I don't know if it's the offensive line or if it's just Devontae Freeman is, you know, he had that one good year, and after that it's been nothing. Um, and obviously their defense. Their defense can't do anything to stop people right now. So Atlanta, Atlanta is, at this point, why not join the rest of these teams that are one and four or zero oh and five and and try to get a top pick? Because you're certainly not going to compete for the playoffs, for your division. 
Um, so Atlanta has got to be done. For Houston, Deshaun Watson balled out. Yeah. 426 yards and five touchdowns. Will Fuller, 217 of those yards and three touchdowns. So Houston reasserting itself. Now they're still one of those teams at three and two. Now their division is still, depending on what happens tonight. Now right now, the Sunday night game is about to go into the fourth quarter. Indianapolis is leading 13-10. That's crazy. That's right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's no telling what's going to happen in that game. But Houston's very much alive. Now, Houston's defense has got to be a little uneasy after giving up 32 points to a Falcons defense that could can't figure things or a Falcons offense that can't figure things out except for Matt Ryan. Hold so, on, have the have the Texans and the Texans and Indianapolis played each other yet? I think Indy's still the best team in that uh, that division. I don't know if I'm ready to to say that. I will. Uh, I'll say it. Okay. Say it right now. Hey, you you call me on it. Call me on the end of the season. At the end of the season, you get my face and say, Matt, you were right. That's what you're going to say. Uh, Arizona and Cincinnati, um, two winless teams. Again, nobody wins for watching this game. Uh, but Arizona does manage to pull it out 26-23, last second field goal as time expires. There's a kicker who did his job, um, even though he did miss a field goal earlier in the game. Uh, but not really a competitive game. I mean, uh, Cincinnati doesn't manage anything until the fourth quarter against a bad, bad Cardinals defense. Kyler Murray, his 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 pitch count's going pitch down, count. just so you know. Yeah. Only threw, he only attempted 32 this time. Um However, he was the leading rusher on the team, 10 for 93 and a touchdown. So wow. he's starting to use his legs a little more, which I think if, if Kyler Murray's going to be successful in the NFL, that's the way it's going to have to be. He cannot be expected to throw 40, 50 times in a game and win, even nope. though I know that that is Cliff Kingsbury's offense. He's going to have to use his legs. And so he does that here. The Bengals' defense is not good any either, so it really doesn't matter. There's not a whole lot of analysis you can get from this game because both teams are so bad. Um, this the Bengals are worse. Yeah, the Bengals are worse, and, and and they didn't play terrible. Andy Dalton had two touchdowns. Joe Mixon had 93 rushing yards. That's it. I got nothing else. Jacksonville and Carolina. Carolina wins 34 to 27. Uh, again, of all the games for this week, we had some great games this week. This was another one. This was a great game. It was the mustache versus the McCaffrey. Yeah. And look, I played against Christian McCaffrey in our fantasy league. You know that. Yeah, you got spanked. That's not. That is not fair. But I can't. Christian McCaffrey is something else. 19 for 176 and two. That's a 9.3 yard per carry average. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, again, yeah, a long run. Too. A 75 yard, 80 yard run, along with his run. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't have the long one in front of me. Yeah, the whole team was running well. They averaged, you take out the one run that Kyle Allen had for four yards, they averaged 12.6 yard per carry as a team. So they were running the ball well against Jacksonville, who had been playing good defense the last couple of weeks. So that was a little unusual. Uh, he also caught six balls to the air for 61 and a touchdown, his first receiving touchdown of the year, by the way. Now, look, I know this is not a podcast where we do a lot of research, but Christian McCaffrey is having such an incredible year that I had to look up some numbers uh, compared to last year, which was a good year for him as well. All right. So to this point in the year, He's had 105 carries through five games for 587 yards and six rushing touchdowns. That's pretty good, a right? A lot. Okay, last year in 16 games, he rushed for 1,098 yards and seven touchdowns. So in yeah. a third of the games, he has already over half the yards and almost the same amount of touchdowns. I don't know how he can be stopped. And if you haven't seen it yet, because you told me to watch his catch, was it last yeah. week? The catch yeah, that he had, week. which last was fantastic. Week. Oh, so good. You've got to have you seen his uh, hurdle into the end zone today for one of his touchdowns? That. They played it on the Jumbotron at, uh, at Jerry's World. Uh, it was up there on that big old screen. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So good. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is. I mean, he, he's he's going to be one of the great – if he can stay healthy, he's going to be one of the great running backs in NFL history. Um, I'm calling it right now um, because he is so versatile. He's so good. Um, uh, just fantastic. On the other side of the ball, uh, Gardner well, Minshew, me, the mustache. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you this uh, before we move off of uh, the Panthers. And I think I asked it last week, and maybe you were uh, hemming it on a little bit. Cam Newton's ready to go next week. Start him or no? Yes. Yes, because Kyle Allen no. hasn't been that great. No. If, if, if Cam broke, Newton is completely healthy, you got to start him. Yeah, so he's going to do the same thing that Kyle Allen did, and he's going to hand off or dump pass to Chris McCaffrey. That's it. Yeah. That's all well. that needs to happen. And he, he, you, you have more upside with Cam Newton if he's healthy, he's got to be healthy. No, That's the I disagree. key. I disagree. You have more upside with uh, your current quarterback because he could possibly be your future. Cam Newton is not. I, I'm still, I'm, I'm sticking with Cam. Now, I'm not a Cam fan. Not. Never have been. No, but I just think that at least at this point, see, is this what I was going to ask you this? Does Carolina have a chance in this division? Carolina will take, will take the Falcons, will take the Bucks. Yeah, I, I don't think they have a chance in the division just because the Saints are going to take this, yeah. no problem. Um, but I, I think I think that Christian McCaffrey alone, at least, is going to keep them in the running uh, for something. Is and if their if their defense continues to play at a decent level, I mean, they haven't been anything spectacular, but they've been playing better of late. Um, Gardner Minshew, the other rookie uh, sensation, uh, three hundred seventy four yards two touchdowns he also rushed he used his legs in this game which is really kind of a first we haven't really seen that before seven for 42 however the difference in this game was the fact that the man lost three fumbles three fumbles lost in this game one was returned for a touchdown 
and one the Panthers scored in the drive because of the short field that they got uh, for that. So I, I think I think we said this earlier with Danny Dimes. We're seeing it now with Minshew. The rookiness is starting to show in some of these. It's rubbing through, putting a little yeah, bit of a pressure, and and I don't know if just the mustache mania got to his head. He thought he could throw it over the mountain and decided to (laughs) – I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think he's still going to be good. Honestly, okay, here's a question for you. If and when Nick Foles comes back, do they give him the job Uh, back? Same question for uh, for the Jaguars. No, I don't. Yeah, same question as you have for the Panthers or for the Jaguars. No, I don't think I don't think you gave Nick Foles the job back. I think that I think Man, that Minshew Nick Foles. Minshew could be special for the Jaguars. He could be around for a long time. I think that uh, you've seen enough in, of him to know that he's he seems to have the goods. So I think you stick with him. I think you develop him, or maybe maybe you do sit him again and let him learn behind Nick Foles. As long as Nick Foles is willing to teach this guy, maybe I don't know. No, I'm okay. No, no, no. I'm gonna say you don't. You don't start Nick Foles. I think I think Nick Foles has value. I think you deal him. I think you stick with Minshew. All right. They played. They paid him a lot, though. Is anybody gonna be willing to pay I that know. contract? I know. That's the problem. Is they did pay him a lot. I think there will be uproar in Jacksonville. This, I don't. I don't want to have to be Tom Coughlin. I'm just gonna say I don't want to be Tom Coughlin to make that decision. Uh, for yeah. Jacksonville, uh, Baby Chark is for real, bro. You, yeah, you, he is. I have I've come around on it. You didn't, you didn't believe that. But no, I didn't. Yeah, he's for real, 164 and two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette, 128 and one. Um, but, again, we talked about this earlier. It's going to come down to Jacksonville or uh, Indianapolis and, and uh, Houston in that division, and it's probably just a little too late for Jacksonville. Last game of the day, uh, Denver and – the Chargers, uh, Denver go ahead and winning this game 20-13, to 13, getting their first win of the season. Uh, this got to be a little alarming for Chargers, right? For the Chargers, uh, for uh, L.A.? Heck yeah. Heck yeah, it is. I mean, they were, they were expected to compete with everybody else. Um, certainly, they did not foresee the whole Melvin Gordon thing, even though he played in this game. Um, but... You go ahead and you go lose to a winless Denver that hadn't been able to figure out anything uh, the rest of the year. So, I mean, what's the feeling? What's the feeling in LA right now? You gotta. I bet you that they're feeling very, very, very frustrated. You just the, the frustration has to be just boiling over right now because you got a team that was good last year, you're hoping would be good this year, and they can't find their butt with both hands right now because they drop games that they shouldn't. Every once in a while you see that uh, Rivers has these games where he, it's like it's like he's wearing that helmet from Star Wars uh, A New Hope where that uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi puts over Luke, and he's like, I can't see. He's like, just trust yourself. Use your feelings or use the force. And then it's like he's wearing one of those helmets and he's got this, you know, big old shield over his face and he can't see and he goes out there and just throws a bunch of kicks. I mean, they've got to be scared. Now, I, I wonder how much of it was 
Denver's defense has just been disrespected in the first four games of this year, and they came out with a chip on their shoulder. They lost Bradley Chubb, so they were just going to come out and they were going to play, you know, metal pedal to the metal, and and it showed. Hold on, Hold on. didn't I say last episode that I said that that uh, the Broncos were better than the record showed, and you were like, oh no, no, you're wrong. I'm Jason, and I'm right. And I was like, okay. No, I don't think I don't. I don't think that they're better than their record. They're a one in four team. That's clearly what they are. Well, you know, don't you tell me the, that they should be. You're all of a sudden getting a ton of credit. Their defense played yes. better than they have been. That's not giving them any credit. Okay, fine. I think their defense played better than they probably should have. And the Chargers played worse than they should have. I am sorry, credit. sorry, Bron- Broncos fans that listen to this. I do apologize. Your team is terrible. You have Joe Flacco. And maybe it's just my bitterness against Joe Flacco. Could be. But that is that is it for our game recaps. And so quickly, let's move ahead to our next section. Hi. Third and three. And today, we've talked a lot about rookies uh, throughout the year. Uh, we're five games into the season for most teams. Only a, a few teams have had a bye so far. And so uh, in this third and three, I just want to talk about uh, three rookies uh, that uh, we have been impressed with, that we've kind of been drawn to, and uh, uh, just kind of talk about them. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and get us started and talk about Gardner Minshew. We've talked about him a lot. We talk about it again today. Uh, but And I want to uh, not just talk about his play in the field, which has been good. It's kept, it's kept, I think we probably, nobody saw this coming when Nick Foles went down. Everybody expected Jacksonville just to be dead in the water. Um, but more than that is Jacksonville's fun again. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't think they're going to necessarily – the team itself is going to draw fans from this. But certainly, I mean, I want to see Gardner Minshew do well. Yeah. I'm not a Jacksonville fan. I do too. But it's cool. I mean, to see a guy run around in jorts – and the headband and the whole mustache thing. I mean, that's that, he just seems like a regular, everyday guy that you like to see do well. And so it's yes. cool to see Gardner Minshew. Um, yes, you know, is. and I think, again, it's been, I think Jacksonville had it a couple years ago when they went to the playoffs, went all the way to the AFC, you know, the whole Saxonville thing. They definitely lost it last year. And yes, Blake Bortles was never the leader of that team, and he had no chance to be the leader of that team. So it was not fun in thought, Jacksonville. But it's and, and, who would have thought though that go ahead. Jacksonville would be fun again because of something on the offensive side of the ball? I never That's would have. That's true. No, if they if they um, don't watch somehow, I bet you towards the end of the season, if you know one of those other two teams, Houston or Indianapolis, is you know, really gunning for that playoff spot. They could see themselves in a primetime game against one of those two teams. Yeah, just uh, – I mean, we've already seen all the parodies. We've seen, you know, Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. We've seen the most interesting man in the world, the most interesting QB in the world with Gardner Minshew. And so people are loving this. And he's yeah. he is – he's becoming an icon. And so I say good for him uh, because – we gave the question whether or not he stays in Jacksonville and is the quarterback or he has to wait behind Nick Foles or they deal Nick Foles and it's his team to go. 
uh, he is definitely creating something here in Jacksonville. And for you know, for the NFL's sake, I hope that I hope that it continues because I think it's great for the NFL. Yeah. So, all right, tell me about. Even though he's kind of struggled the last two games, why we should all be excited about Mr. Daniel Jones, Mr. Danny because Dimes. Because the reason you should be excited about Danny Dimes is because he has breathed life into a team and into a city that hasn't had much to cheer for for a, quite a while now. Uh, he's literally taken the Giants. He's taken the Giants even just in the couple games he's been in. He's taking them from a laughing stock in the bottom of the NFC East to a team that you can look at and be optimistic about the future for. Um, he's come in, he's made plays, you know, he's been able to scramble, he's been, you know, pretty accurate for the most part. And, you know, just finally a young team has what looks like is gonna be a good young leader. And so the future's gonna look bright over there in New York. Yeah, and we've already talked about how they've got a good young core um, around him between Ingram and Shepard and Barkley, certainly. So, um, so it is exciting to see. I think that they need wide receiver talent, and if they can pick up those uh, couple pieces, because I don't think Shepard is your future there, but if they can pick up some wide receiver talent, uh, I think that they're going to be looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they need some depth at the skill position. We're seeing where that's becoming an issue with the running back, certainly with the wide receivers. Um, and so uh, we'll see what happens there. And then uh, the last thing I want to talk about as far as our rookies is kind of defenders. I just want to mention a few names. Defenders that nobody's talking about. Um, Brian Burns in Carolina uh, has just been killing it so far this year. And he's really been a great addition to that defense that has kind of been stagnant. Certainly they have Luke Keekley, but he's kind of breathed some new life into that uh, defense. Uh, had a, a strip sack today of Minshew and uh, one defensive rookie of the week uh, for last week. So I think he's going to be good. Certainly your boy out there in Green Bay, uh, Jair Alexander. Uh, didn't he have a pick today against uh, the Cowboys? So, yeah, he, he did have one, but he's not a rookie. He's a second year. Oh, it's not? Oh. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Forget what I just said. Um, I, for some reason, I thought he was a rookie. No, this is what happens when you don't research. When you have a podcast where you do no research. Another rookie, though, that I, I do know he is a rookie uh, is for the Steelers, Devin Bush. Um, they drafted him. Um, I have We have Antonio Brown to thank for this uh, because we got the third and the fifth pound pick from Oakland for A.B., that gave us the confidence that we could use some of our other picks to, picks to trade up in the first round to take Devin Bush 10th overall out of Michigan. And although he does not necessarily have the height or the size, he certainly has the speeds. Nobody's going to replace Ryan Shazier, but Devin Bush could certainly step into that role, kind of. And I, I, he's played well. This, he kind of had a rough start, but he's played. he played great on Monday night against the Bengals in the game that I was able to watch. And so I look forward to seeing uh, him today. Well, as we get ready to wrap up here, uh, let's get to our last segment. Fourth and short, and very briefly, in a few minutes that we have left, uh, let's just kind of look ahead towards uh, tomorrow night's game. We've got the 2-2 two and two Cleveland Browns going to the 3-0 and undefeated San Francisco 49ers. And uh, Cleveland 
has a chance to still be leading the NFC North, which not necessarily people would have scoffed at that. I mean, with all of the hype with them coming into uh, this season. But San Francisco, with a win, will still be leading their division. Yeah. Which no one saw that one coming. Uh-huh. So... Uh, what are you What are you looking forward to seeing in this game? Uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing what I'm going to think. What I think is going to be a very close game. I think it'll be a last possession kind of game, and it's going to be it's going to be close. I think that I think that, yeah, I, I, well, I think that, uh, that Cleveland isn't. They're good, but they're not great. I think that the 49ers could be good, but they're not great. So I think you'll see two evenly matched teams go at it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to two things I want to see is a Cleveland offense that seemed to get things going the last couple of weeks. Will that continue? Because it's going to be against a good San Francisco defense that I want to see if they can continue it. And so mm-hmm. that that is the matchup that I'm looking forward to seeing um, in, uh, in Monday night. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing how that goes down. Um, and San Francisco again. Could be still undefeated, uh, which would, depending on what happens right now, as Indianapolis just tacked on a field goal to make it 19-10 with two and a half minutes left of that game. And so we could be looking tomorrow night, depending on what happens in that game, to where the San Francisco 49ers and the New England Patriots are the two only undefeated teams in the NFL, uh, which certainly for half of that, no one saw it coming. Um, So we'll look forward to seeing that. Well, that about does it here tonight on the 4th and Short podcast. Again, thanks for uh, bearing with us uh, tonight and enjoying uh, as we've had a chance to talk about these games. And uh, we'll be right back here next week with more of your rapid reaction for all of the Week 6 NFL action. Again, you can listen to us any place that you catch your podcast. So make sure that you go do that. Rate and review us. That would be a great help to us. And uh, thanks for listening tonight. Uh, Matt, any last words as we get ready to sign off? Now, go back, go. <laughs> That's right. Well, sir, you be safe as you continue to drive. And uh, for everyone else that is out there, uh, thanks again for listening. Peace out. Peace out.